Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Hi FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kiban. It's great to be with you in this wonderful afternoon as everybody's coming back from their holidays and winding back into things next week. Schools begin, people are already back at work, and this is a perfect time to launch into the new year as everybody takes on their resolutions to begin the right way and to resolve to do things better this year. I want to invite you to join us on Wednesdays, whether morning or evenings, for an exciting new course starting on the 24th of January. And this course will be very different than courses that you're usually used to. This is a multimedia journey through the Rebbe's practical wisdom on so many different factors assets and aspects of life. And by participating, you're going to discover how the Rebbe applied Jewish values to serve as a guide for finding deeper meaning in everyday life in so many different aspects. As everyone knows, the Rebbe in so many ways had a very unique um, impact on the world and a very unique perspective. He was a positive force in human history. In the last half of the 20th century, in a world that was reeling with universal destruction and despair, and perhaps you could say it's no different today, and that's why so much more so relevant, the Rebbe was determined to inspire and heal humanity, both its individuals and its communities. He really longed for each soul to realize its potential, for each life to take a leap forward, and for the universe to mend its relationship with our loving creator with Hashem who brought, who, who brought us here, who put us in this place. And so to accomplish his universal goals, the Rebbe dedicated decades of his life to meeting and corresponding with all kinds of people from world leaders, politicians, spiritual heads, community activists, people of, of any stripe, color, race, people of influence in the fields of education, of medicine, of law, of science, of art, and so many different areas. And at the same time, the Rebbe found endless hours for anyone, for myself, for ordinary individuals from every walk of life. The scene that comes to mind of the Rebbe walking with with bags of mail, of, of petitions, of letters that came to him, and bulging sacks of mail arrived daily at his doorstep, and his published correspondences are so many volumes today, from his Igret Kodesh, the letters that the Rebbe wrote to people, from his teachings, his private audiences, which were known as Yechidas, that he would spend entire nights, several nights a week, meeting with people. My own parents, I had, I was privileged to go to what was called a public yechidus, where it wasn't just myself, but later on when the Rebbe would give out dollars and a blessing and distributing it for charity and inspiring me to do the same, he gave me those personal moments. And I, in fact, recently only discovered two videos of myself passing by the Rebbe for that personal moment where I received a dollar and a blessing. And when I told the Rebbe it was my birthday, I remember his big smile and good birthday wishes. And the guidance that the Rebbe gave to thousands of people who filed by him for a brief but powerful moment or exchange or guidance, those moments are where eternally grateful, indebted for the time that he gave to society. And today we are lucky that in fact, there are digital records and firsthand reports of those audiences and exchanges from video recordings of the Rebbe's teachings, 
to moments that he had personal exchanges with, with others. And then there are videos of people giving their story relating their personal experiences with the Rebbe. And even besides for digital records and, and videos, there are so many of his published works, his correspondence and, and discussions on every imaginable area of life, personal and communal, and beyond offering encouragement and blessings, they are a treasury of refreshing and unique guidance to finding meaning, direction, and clarity in life. And so as we cannot believe it, but we approach the 30th anniversary of the Rebbe's passing that is on the 3rd of Tammuz. I remember it distinctly when it was just before my bar mitzvah in 1994. Uh, I think it was June 1994 when the Rebbe passed away. But all those years that he dedicated to the community and he gave so much of his life are recorded. And now I am excited to present a brand new course from the Roar Jewish Learning Institute called Advice for Life, the Rebbe's Guidance for Leading a More Purposeful Life. And this is a novel course that mines his teachings and guidance for wisdom and counsel as applied to six key areas of life. And what we're going to do as we launch into this course over six weeks, we will have an opportunity to see the Rebbe's perspective, to spring life to this, these firsthand stories and, and guidance by watching original footage of videos of the Rebbe's teachings or of footage of individuals recalling their personal dilemmas and the clarity and insights that they received from the Rebbe. Whether it was at personal private audiences or these are public interactions, the Rebbe hardly slept. He never took a, a vacation because he had endless lives to inspire. And this doesn't just apply to those who personally met with the Rebbe, but even yourself or even myself, even though I was so young when he passed away. But I think his teachings, his inspiration can serve as a guide to each of us. So I invite you to join me for this upcoming course. You can join us on Wednesday mornings at Chabad House in Savoy starting the 24th of January. In fact, our daily seniors programs already begin this coming Monday. Or you can join us in the evenings at the Jewish Learning Institute located at Santon Central Shul in Santon, Wednesday evening, 7 p.m. And you could take part in this exciting course. Here are some of the topics we're going to be discussing. We're going to talk about money and career. In fact, if we have some time, I'll talk a little bit about that today to just give you a little bit of an idea of what's in store. But you think about it, having a career, earning a living is generally considered a necessary evil. A lot of people would prefer to just be lying on the beach or being on constant vacation. In the Rebbe's perspective, it was a little different. He said, holding a job is not a necessary evil. It's a necessary goodness with cosmic importance beyond the income, the paycheck we're going to earn. And we're going to explore the basis of his unique understanding of the purpose and meaning of life in general and of work in particular, how his guidance on work-related matters on monetary decisions is very insightful and empowering. And it can really provide meaning beyond the income that's earned. So in our first lesson, we're going to 
explore a unique understanding of how work and financial decisions connect to life's purpose. And I invite you to join us for that particular lesson that's going to be just in two weeks' time. We're going to move on from there to family and home because that's perhaps Judy's most central institution. Think about during COVID when we couldn't go to shul and we spent most of our time then at home. But we know that it also got a little bit testy. Home could sometimes be quite fragile and, and prone to attack from external distractions in today's society, and even sometimes to the boiling point of toxicity that could sometimes crop into a home. So in lesson two, I invite you to join us to hear the Rebbe's fascinating perspective, his correspondence and interactions that really give us a goldmine of clarity on family relationships and harmony and educational issues and insights for transforming our home into a sanctified space for conducive, productive family time that could really create the right atmosphere that we want for our families to thrive. So join us for that lesson because that's a very important one as well. From there, we're going to move into physical health and well-being. From homes and hospitals around the globe, patients, physicians, and professors actually really bombarded the Rebbe with communications regarding their perspective on health matters. And the Rebbe's extensive responses form a treasure trove of guidance and deeper perspectives and convey his holistic approach in which physical health is intertwined with emotional and spiritual well-being. And so we're going to take the time to watch some videos and discuss the Rebbe's approach that's so profound, his insights for patients and for practitioners. It's one you don't want to miss. From there, we'll walk into continuing into emotional health. Today's society is awash with awareness of and you know the struggles with unprecedented prevalence and degrees of anxiety and mental health challenges. And so many people are seeking the keys to unlock tranquility and emotional health, to build a healthy concept of ourselves. And when we delve into that lesson, we're going to see the Rebbe's trademark feature was his unending positivity. And so we'll focus, we're going to study on his communication, on emotional health, and see how it has an effect and try it out in your own life to see his positive approach. And it certainly can be beneficial in so many ways. And from there, we're going to move forward into challenges and adversity that we might face. Life includes bewildering moments when seemingly unsurmountable challenges and obstacles threaten our path to health, to livelihood, to relationships, to raising children, everything else you can imagine. And so many people turn to the Rebbe in desperation or for inspiration to continue under the challenging circumstances that they faced. And you'll see how in his responses, the Rebbe guides individuals to search for the inner meaning and purpose of the challenge and to use that as a key to discover an effective method on handling challenges, to see each challenge not as an obstacle, but as a window of opportunity for personal growth. And so I invite you to lesson five, where we're going to get a fascinating perspective from first-hand encounters, as well as some videos, some of the Rebbe's talks 
and we will then analyze, dissect, and discuss some of those matters. And we'll conclude with spirituality and our relationship with Hashem, because some are ultimately practical and realistic. Others are, you know, otherwise with uh, high expectations. And when it came to assisting individuals in their personal spiritual journeys, the Rebbe forged an entirely unique path, harnessing both extremes. He was extraordinarily practical and at the same time set incredible goals. And he did this by allowing individuals to realize that they're far greater than they knew, with far greater potential than they imagined. And so in the final lesson of this course, we're going to study and delve into the Rebbe's perspective into achieving that liberating approach to life. And we'll see how each of us could grow immensely. So please do join us to explore the Rebbe's practical wisdom for everyday life. And we'll experience the Rebbe's exceptional approach to uncovering timeless meaning in everyday questions like health, and work, and family, and fulfillment, and struggle, and inner peace, and all these areas. And I think you will enjoy this multimedia course where we'll journey through the Rebbe's perspective on all these areas that we discussed. So don't miss this. Join us. You could sign up right now at myjli.org.za. That's myjli.org.za, where you can sign up for this course the cost of the course is only 600 Rand per person for the entire six weeks or 100 Rand per lesson. Otherwise, if one can't afford, don't worry. The Rebbe's teachings are accessible to you regardless. And there are bursaries available. We would love to have you join us for this very special course. So sign up now, myjli.org. That's it. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9. Hi, FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kivan. It's great to be with you here this wonderful afternoon. And today, I would like to take this opportunity to share with you some ideas, some insights, some perspectives from the Rebbe's guidance on leading a more purposeful life. And while you can join us for our flagship course beginning on the 24th of January, you can also be part of it then. We'll have videos to watch and interactive discussions as well as text-based learning. But here today, I'd like to give you a taste of some of the ideas that we're going to discuss. And let's start with some questions that will gauge how we intuitively feel our, what is our relationship between Judaism and our financial lives. And I want to ask you, how do you, in your estimation, see the, what's the Jewish religious view, the perspective on work, on our career? And what do you think it is on affluence? Are these necessary evils to get our work done? Is it encouraged? Should we be rich? Should we not be rich? Is, is money a distraction? Is it the root of all evil? How would you perceive that? And let's start, of course, with what the Torah says. The Torah view on wealth actually is not so simple. And if you join us at the course, we're going to discuss and look at various texts of the Torah's perspective on finance, on wealth. But we're going to see the texts that the Torah tells us, the dangers 
of wealth, which is certainly something we want to take into perspective. And there are, you'll see what the Torah says in, in scriptures, as well as in Proverbs, that there are challenges to wealth. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that wealth, and especially excessive wealth, can easily distract us from our spiritual pursuits. It can lead a person to greed, to indulgence, to self-absorption, to deprioritizing God. And it also can lead to arrogance and inflated sense of self-importance and contempt and disrespect for others. And that explains perhaps why historically many Jews were very weary of material success. And all this makes the Rebbe's position on wealth that we're going to be discussing quite remarkable because the Rebbe very much encouraged people to be wealthy. In fact, there's a a famous story where the Rebbe told people, I think we might even have a video of that to show. He said, whoever wants to be wealthy to raise their hands and people seize that opportunity. And many of those people became multimillionaires or a conversation the Rebbe had with a, another grand rabbi and discussed with him and asked him for a blessing that all Jews should be wealthy. So very interestingly, this is a, a conversation that he says, and he asked this rabbi, this other, the Kapishnitzer Rebbe, he said, I want you to agree that all Jews should be blessed with wealth. Meaning from the Rebbe's perspective, although it's true that wealth is a test and there are certainly challenges, but he felt that poverty also poses a test of faith. And rather we go with the challenge of wealth. That was his perspective. But while he adamantly insisted that the test of wealth is preferable to that of poverty. He didn't shy away from financial success and fully embracing the blessing of wealth. The Rebbe would give out thousands and thousands of dollars every single Sunday because he felt the importance of wealth and, and of giving charity. And there's a lot more to that, to that that we're going to discuss. Why should a Jewish spiritual leader advocate for ad, for affluence, for wealth. And to appreciate the Rebbe's stance on wealth, we really have to zoom out a little and appreciate the Rebbe's perspective on work in general. Society tends to view work as a necessary evil. Like we said before, perhaps we'd rather still be on holiday. We'd rather still be at the beach or in the game reserve. We need to work in order to sustain ourselves and our families so that we can afford these holidays. Right? Even though it takes us away from pursuing our own important life aspirations, we understand that the only way we could achieve to afford those trips is if we're going to go to work. And even those who enjoy their jobs and believe in the work that they do and are motivated to a large degree by the need to make money. So oftentimes people really truly enjoy their job, but they also appreciate the fact that there's a financial incentive and benefit that comes from it. The Rebbe looked at work through an entirely different lens. To the Rebbe, every part of life is purposeful, including our career. It's not just a, it's not a necessary evil. It is itself vital and important. Work and financial success are more than just necessary means of obtaining a livelihood that we could sustain ourselves and our lifestyle. The purpose of work is itself indispensable. Itself is an inherent value on purpose, irrespective of what line of work we might have. 
One of the most fun, foundational ideas of Chabad Hasid is based on a Madrashic teaching is that the ultimate purpose of our existence is to make this world a dirabatachtainim, meaning a habitable place for God, to make the physical reality transparent to its inner divinity, to make the mundane world shine with holiness of God. The most profound way to affect this is by engaging with the world. When we are part of the material and sometimes crass world, we are able to bring God into this mundane reality and affect the peak achievement. That is creating a home for God here in this world. And this is something that we could experience every single day. The fact that God structured our existence in a way that most of our time, in fact, is spend more on mundane matters, on, on worldly affairs. And more specifically, usually we spend a lot of time at work on our careers. It's not something that as Jews who seek to live a holy life, we want to fight. It's not, an, it's not abject evil that we just have to use as a means to an end. That's perhaps the way most people looking at it from that perspective might see it. The Rebbe taught us that the Torah ordains that when it says very clearly in the Torah, when you enter the land, you should work the field for six years and the seventh year is a rest for God. So according to the Torah, most of our time, in fact, is spent working. And only one year in seven or one day in seven is dedicated to God. And so, yes, six days a week we go to work, dedicate our time to our physical, financial, mundane, material needs. And the seventh day is Shabbos. It's dedicated to Hashem. And this is similarly true every day. We go to work, but the day cannot be completely, solely just at work. We have to dedicate time for prayer, for Torah study. So, yes, we spend time working. And the work is not a necessary evil. It's about elevating the material. It's about fulfilling our divine mission, our purpose here. And maybe that's why it takes most of our time. If the purpose of our existence was to seclude ourselves from the mundane world to the, to the extent possible and stay cloistered and we should sit in shul all day and study and pray, meditating, uh, contemplating on God, then that would not be the purpose of why we're here. The purpose of all creation to bring holiness and godliness into each place, into wherever it's possible. And that's why the majority of our time is actually spent engaged in the physical world and specifically in our jobs. The ultimate goal is to be an ethical, holy, and spiritual person that we're governed by the Torah's ethics and values wherever we are, in the workplace or on holiday. And this means that when we go to work, and we could be a shining role model of an individual who, despite the hustle and bustle and the pressures of the office, of the workplace, remain essentially a person who has higher, loftier goals. And we're anchored in spiritual ideals and values and aspirations. Far from being a necessary evil, the workplace is the ultimate frontier where the greatest spiritual mission and even that test, the challenges, play itself out because it is so essential. So the first and most important idea I want to share here is that bringing holiness and Torah values into the mundane workplace is actually the ultimate purpose of creation. But it's not only that. In addition to work being part of a person's personal spiritual purpose, the Rebbe often stressed that the workplace 
also provides a unique opportunity to affect good in others and inspire them in their spiritual journey. When a person goes to work, inevitably, they meet people in their field of profession and you can have a positive influence on them. Today, we're dealing with the ICJ handling the accusations brought against Israel by our very country here in South Africa. And when a Jewish person is at work and has an opportunity to share the Jewish perspective, to share Israel's paradigm, this is part of why we are out in the world and not cloistered behind the scenes. It's not only that while you're doing business, you can have an influence, but even more than that, part of the spiritual purpose of our career is that we can have a positive influence on others, on the people who are around us. That is part of the purpose of why we go to work in the greater world and don't sit cloistered and ghettoed and secluded in our own spaces. So we realize that the workplace itself affords us this unique opportunity to inspire others that we can be better human beings and better Jews. So why do we work? Of course you work to make a living. But why do we need to make a living? For most people, very simply, we need to be able to provide for ourselves, for our families. We want to be live comfortably. We want to take care of all our specific needs, right? We all have a reason why we, why this is a means to our end. But there's a lot more to that. And in fact, in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe expresses the idea that in fact, it's a cornerstone of our purpose. It's part of our divine mission, our mandate here in this world. We're not any more Jewish in shul than we are at work. Every morning, we cover our eyes, right, to focus when we're going to say the Shema. We want to eliminate any outside distractions, any, any negative stimuli that prevent our full concentration and focus when we say Shema. When we say Shema, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, the belief in God's oneness, the oneness of God that pervades every single thing, every part of life. In fact, the word Echad, one, is comprised of three letters. There's the Aleph, whose numerical value is one. There's the Ches, whose numerical value is eight. And the Dalit, whose numerical value is four. The oneness of God, the Aleph, pervades the seven mystical heavens and the one earth, the Ches. That's Aleph, Ches, seven plus one. And the four directions of the world symbolized by the Dalit. So what happens when we open our eyes after saying Shema? How about when we go off to work? Do we immediately forget that God is all and all is God? Do we realize, do we forget the idea that Hashem Elokeinu, the very name Hashem, going to get a little mystical for a second, which symbolizes God's mercy and kindness, and Elokeinu, which is God's attribute of discipline and severity. It's all one, the same almighty God. Even the opening words of this week's parsha, where it starts off that Ash, that by Yedaber Elokim, Hashem spoke with the name Elokim to Moshe, saying, "Ani Hashem, I am Hashem." The same source, whether we're going through challenges and difficulties, or whether it's emancipation and liberation, the kindness, the mercy of God, is the same source as the discipline of God. And so, in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe explains that work is as spiritually significant as any other part of our divine service. We work because we want to emulate God. God gives, so do we want to give. In order for us to give, 
we obviously need the means to do so. That's our money. And so in Tanya, it's explained that all our earnings actually should be viewed as charity, as a means to emulate God. It's just that according to the Torah, our family's need comes first. It's prioritized over the needs of others. Charity begins at home. But that shouldn't dismiss the idea that every cent we earn is given to us by Hashem. And therefore, we want to do the best with it. And this perspective is what guided the Rebbe's advice to so many people regarding their opportunities to grow their businesses. We'll watch videos and discuss stories of people who tried, who, who seek the Rebbe's guidance and advice. And the Rebbe, in fact, encouraged them to invest more time, more energy, more effort in the business. Not, of course, to make to be to be the, the 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 focus of your life, but to rather realize that our work is as spiritually significant as any other part of our divine service. We work because we want to emulate God. God gives, we give, we want to give, and the greater our earnings, the more we are able to give. So that's one perspective on work. Of course, as the Rabbi of Chabad Seniors programs, we focus on retirement. So let's discuss a little bit the Rebbe's perspective on retirement, on old age, and we'll be right back discussing that in a moment. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9. Hi, FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kiefman. It's great to be with you here this wonderful afternoon. And we've been talking so far about the Rebbe's advice for life, specifically his guidance relating to work and earning a livelihood. Of course, that leads one to the question about retirement, because after all, what at a certain age and stage in one's life, one reaches retirement when one doesn't any longer go to work. And how does one continue to live a meaningful and purposeful life at that stage? Because as we talked about the Rebbe's perspective on work as a means of fulfilling our life purpose, well, how does that apply to the time when we no longer go to work? A couple of years back, I was doing my master's and specifically focused on lifelong learning particularly related to the elderly as director of Chabad Seniors programs. And what's interesting is looking at various uh, polls and um, censuses, it seems that in recent years, the average retirement age is has been pretty much around 65 for men and 62 for women. Many people spend years looking forward to the retirement. In fact, many people's whole career trajectory is formed around their retirement plans. At a point when a person can be financially secure for the rest of their life, not having to worry about going to work. And it seemingly makes sense to retire and enjoy their own life finally. Although I do think it's quite different here in South Africa, personally from my experience working with many of the elderly, that pensions really don't go too far. Now you might think from a Jewish perspective, Retirement would be ideal. Why? Well, think about it. It gives you the opportunity, the additional time to spend more time studying Torah, attend shul more regularly, if only, and invest more in our spiritual pursuits. Right? So based on everything we discussed before, we understand that the Rebbe's perspective probably would be very different. And he did not agree with retirement 
He was not exactly keen on that, regardless of one's age or stage. In fact, one of the great videos I look forward to show you at our course is a video of the Rebbe's 70th birthday in 1972. And contrarily to what others were encouraging him, people encouraged him, said he should start taking his life a little bit easier. There were many admirers and well-wishers who said it would be a good idea for him to slow down his activities. And the Rebbe countered all those suggestions with a very strong critique on retirement. And in fact, he pledged then and there, as you'll see on the, on the videos, if you join our course, to increase his workload and efforts. And at that far bringing, at that gathering, he announced a, a new initiative that he was going to open 71 institutions in honor of his 71st year of life. So why would the Rebbe, when he was approaching an age when most people were looking forward to retirement, why was he so adamantly against retirement? And just if we understand his appreciation for going to work, building a career, that it's not a necessary evil, but on the contrary, it, if work is the means of fulfilling your life mission, that you go to work to fulfill your divine purpose, then I think we understand that retirement would be in some way absolving us of that purpose. And this circles back to what is the purpose of retirement? You know, a, a business person's role is to use their position to bring holiness and Torah values into their workplace, to inspire others to be better people, to provide charity for those in need. So those whom God blessed with success, and the truth is that includes anyone and everyone. The fact that you have a job, that you have a career, that you have a business, you have a responsibility to continue to use that platform productively. If wealth isn't just about personal comfort, but about a person's personal mission and duty to help others, by what right can we retire? To retire is to turn our back on our God-given purpose. On, on several occasions, the Rebbe, in fact, repeated this concept, this idea, and over and over insisted that we have to utilize our purpose here in this world for making a difference in this world. So if that's the case, we realize that our spiritual investment, in fact, is what will give us the ability to be successful in all the other areas of our life. And the Rebbe, that's, what, that's why the Rebbe encouraged individuals to advance in their spiritual lives so that you have that spiritual boost with which to go out there in the world and to channel it to be a blessing to others around you. The Rebbe saw the interplay between practical business engagement and your spiritual achievement as a two-way street. Just as our work is an extension of our spiritual purpose, so does our investment in spiritual pursuits affect the success of our work, of our career. So it's true in all areas of life, we need to invest and we need to have a proper balance. But the result of our efforts is actually a gift from God. Financial success is no different. And therefore, if you want to be successful financially, we have to elicit divine kindness. We have to do our part in strengthening our faith and our relationship with God. God Almighty, the master of the universe, realizing God is the source of our success. And there are numerous specific examples of this theme that we'll see in the Rebbe's business advice to people that we'll watch in the videos and see in the texts. And we'll look at different 
areas of Jewish tradition that the Rebbe stressed as conduits for blessings in business. And no doubt, we can implement those areas in our own lives. First and foremost, I would say it relates to having faith. When we have faith in Almighty God as the source of our blessing, that is a catalyst for success in all areas of life. And it's clearly written on the dollar bill. In God we trust. So that is an important part that one has to work on building their faith. And how does one do so? When you spend more time in prayer and Torah study, there's no doubt that that fosters, that strengthens our faith. Another area, another aspect you could say of spiritual directive that was particularly pertinent to the workplace, very much so in the early years of the Rebbe's leadership, but no doubt even today was and is the observance of Shabbos. It's no secret that when a person closes a business for a day of the week, it certainly poses a challenge, especially when money's tight. But nevertheless, that is a divine commandment. And when one sees it as a difficulty, no doubt, especially when they're struggling financially, we have to realize if this is something God instructs us, then it can't be something that hurts us. You think about it, many industries, especially retail, Saturday is a very busy day. You look at the shopping malls. And closing your business, sometimes a person might have a shop, closing the shop could take tremendous sacrifice. And that's exactly how many people viewed the idea of closing their business on Shabbos. It's going to hurt the bottom line of their profits. But if that's what God wants, then no doubt we have to realize it's a blessing. So we're going to look at that because I'm sure it's something that many people struggle, some people struggle with, on the basis of uh, seeing the world that we have to invest, we have to do our part, and we realize the divine blessing will come. If the spiritual and material are two sides of one coin, then there's a strong interplay between them. By us observing God's commandments, following the divine laws of Shabbos can only increase the blessings for success in our business prosperity. And so we're going to examine that. And see, even if it seems counterintuitive, sacrificing the extra work for the sake of Torah can actually bring us greater success. Another area besides for Shabbos observance would, that would increase blessings within the business is that it's a blessing not only in business, but outside of business too, it can bring us tremendous blessings. Shabbos is a source of blessing. So that's certainly something we will analyze and discuss, but I think it's something we could all apply. Another area of Jewish observance that the, that the Rebbe directed people for business success was to set time for Torah learning. There's a mitzvah to study Torah every day. And this mitzvah applies even to somebody who has a demanding job. But we have to realize it shouldn't be seen as sacrificing work time for a different holier cause, but as a practical and helpful tool for success in business. So we'll see how, in fact, when you study Torah, it helps your bottom line. There's more to it. Although we all believe in the value of giving charity and philanthropy, it often feels very difficult to give. It's my hard-earned money, right? I worked hard to make this money, to earn it. 
and there's a limited amount of it, it hurts to sacrifice our own earnings in order to help others. Giving is good, but it certainly hurts. But in Jewish tradition, giving charity from your earnings not only doesn't take away from your own needs, but on the contrary, it's the greatest conduit for material success, and it helps us to have even more. The prophet says, bring the whole of our tithes into the treasury so that there should be nourishment in my house. God says that when we give, it actually grows. And so when we realize that in fact, there are Jewish laws that guide us in charity, that it's at least one-tenth, 10% of our net profits that we give to charity. It's not taking away, but on the contrary, we're increasing our earnings. And that's something we're going to discuss. How, by giving away, dedicating the percentage of our profits to a holy cause, we actually make God a partner in our business. And that, my friends, is there's nothing better. Who doesn't want to partner like God in our business matters? So I think this is something that everyone would appreciate, having God as a partner in our business. And the more you invest in this partnership, the greater the partnership invests back into us. And based on this logic, we'll realize that giving away charity is not something that should be difficult, but we'll learn ways and tools that perhaps it is to our benefit. Overcoming the challenge, the test, can be something that brings even more blessings into our life. And final point for today is that more than just giving charity, it should actually be a fixture of our life. And that's why the Rebbe campaigned that every home and business should have a charity box. Countless times when people asked for a blessing or advice about their business, the Rebbe would inquire about whether they had a stucco box in their office, in their workplace, in their kitchen. And if they didn't, he would encourage them to get one. That's why here at Chabad House, we have a campaign called ARC, Acts of Routine Kindness. And we give out those little ARC boxes because we want to encourage people that wherever they are, they should be filling up the spare change, putting it into that box and giving it to others. And this way, it becomes a fixture of our life in our home, in our office, wherever we are, in our bedroom. It encourages our employees or employers or our teammates, our workers, our customers to give charity, put it in your shop. It's a symbol of Jewish place having a charity box. It anchors our priorities as a person, as someone who realizes that this blessing of wealth in my life is not something I just keep for myself, but I realize this is a blessing. And therefore, I want to share that blessing with others as well. My friends, I invite you to join us for this course starting Wednesday, the 24th of January, going for six weeks, where we're going to cover six topics. We're going to start off with this idea of meaning and purpose at work, as we discussed today. We're going to watch videos and learn the Rebbe's perspective on family bliss, how we could create a warm and healthy home, and how to make sure that we're healthy, both physically, emotionally, spiritually, and overcoming adversity. I think that when you join us for this course, you will get that advice for life that will guide you and take you through in a way that will be a blessing that you will feel 
that your personal life is enriched. You'll grow in so many ways. And from the office, we'll clock out and head back home. Home and family is our most central institution. And it's very important from a Jewish perspective that we make sure our homes are a healthy environment for ourselves, for our spouses, for our children. In today's fractured society, how can we enhance our familiar cohesion? How can we ensure the maximum support and benefit from family life? So we're going to look at the Rebbe's correspondence and his interactions with others, and we'll see exactly his advice to forge a family unit with the right priorities and perspectives. My friends, I welcome you to join me for this exciting course, Advice for Life. No doubt, we all stand to benefit tremendously from this course. I look forward to see you. Join us. Sign up now at myjli.org.za. Have a great, meaningful Shabbos. Remember to aspire to inspire before you retire. And seize every moment. Carpe diem. Shabbat shalom.